Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Focus 15 podcast. I think our last episode dropped in December and we have had a lot go on. That was like last year. That was last year. We've had a lot go on since December. In January, well, it's January. I mean, January is just... No, it was a blur. Yeah, a blur. We actually got to go to Paris, which was amazing, for our 15-year anniversary. Paris, France, not Paris, Kentucky. Yes, there is a Paris, Kentucky. It's and, a nice town. And a, and a Versailles. Not Versailles, Versailles. But we went to the real Versailles, and we actually had a really horrible... It was closed. ...horrible thing that happened to us. But we won't talk about that, because that's not why you're here. So we got to go to Paris, which was amazing. We also had a book come out in January... The day after we got home from Paris. Nice. Uh, Philippians. So that was the first Focus 15 Bible study that Chris and I did together, which was a lot of fun. And I just got a message from someone this morning that said that they just finished going through Philippians in their church uh, with couples. So this is not a couple's Bible study, but it is written for both men and women. So it's a great opportunity to study together and to study. You could use it in small groups. You could use it in your family. You could study with your dad, your brother, or if you're a man, you can study with your wife or your mom or your sister or whatever. It is something that is for everyone. Anyway, so that was very, very exciting. I love hearing that. They said that they really, I think it was young couples. It was like newlyweds. So super fun to hear that. Uh, That was January. Mm -hmm. And then in February, Chris you want to tell them you accepted? Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Kidding. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we moved. We moved. Um, so I pastor a different church than I did last time you saw this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hated to leave our friends in Kentucky, um, but we have a new church family that we're serving here mm-hmm. in Florida. And so along with a move, that means that we also had to leave Studio 6B behind. Yeah. It's really and so if you will stick around to the end of the episode, we will debut the new name of our or the, the name of our, our of our new studio. Of our new studio. So you have to pay attention all the way to the end. Okay. So we are no longer in studio. Didn't you call it five B or something like that? Crazy. Hon- I don't know. Honestly, I made it up on the spot. It might have changed knows? from time to time, but we are no longer in the basement of our Kentucky home recording. We are now in the guest room slash office of our new home in Florida. So anyway, so that was January. We moved. And I'm sorry, we moved in February. And that was hard and exciting all at once. And I traveled a lot. So I got to see a lot of you. I was in Tennessee and California twice. And I don't even remember anymore. I was all over the place. And then I got to go back up to Kentucky. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, but it was craziness because I traveled. I flew four weekends out of five weekends because two of those were supposed to be local events when they was originally booked, and now we lived in Florida, so I flew up. Uh, the spring was insane, and out of those five weeks, four of those I was gone, and the one week I wasn't gone was the week that we moved into our house. So Yeah, the thing I think is funny about when you tell that story to people is that people are like, oh, how did you manage that travel? And I'm like, hello, I had the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I, was I was like, I get to moving. leave this mess. <laughs> I get to leave so. this chaos of boxes and everything. Yeah, poor Chris had the brunt of a lot of yeah. it. But I didn't need their pity, so. <laughs> He's I super not, dad. I try not to dwell on that. Yeah. So. 
So that was February, March, April. And then May, it started slowing down a little bit. And now it's June already. So we are almost out of boxes, almost. But we have every room somewhat decent and settled. So we're excited. We're ready to go now. So here we go. This is season three, episode nine of the Focus 15 podcast. And we are so glad you are here. And today, we are going to be talking about what our cross-reference is. So Chris is going to give us a little background on that. And we'll just get going. I think the re- the real title was, what are the little numbers in my Bible? Oh, yes. What are the little numbers in my Bible? So we have this all planned out. Implementing is just a different thing. But we do. We have the whole season planned out with all these fancy titles. We just couldn't get our teleprompter to work today. Yeah, we don't have a teleprompter. It's a sticky note. Oh, don't show them that. <laughs> and then we'll listen to the rest of it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so the question was again... What are these little numbers in our Bible? All right. So if you pick up really any modern translation, what you'll notice is that in the Bible, there's a bunch of little numbers. And some of those numbers, so if you're really new to Bible study, some of those numbers are going to be chapter numbers and verse numbers. Uh, But that's not really what we had in mind when we um, uh, thought about this episode. So there's also little letters and little numbers kind of uh, embedded into every Bible verse. Some of those are going to be footnotes, and some are going to be cross-references. And so if you don't really know the difference between a footnote and a cross-reference, that's what this podcast is about. And so some of you guys, like, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool that when, we think, when we're thinking about studying the Bible, um, it's for everybody. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be people of all skill levels that are, that are trying to study. And so if you know all of this stuff, that's fantastic. Uh, maybe you can... Um, help somebody else, and keep in mind that not everybody knows these things. Yeah. And if you and if you're like, oh, I, I've always wondered what these are, what they're called, why they're there, um, then then here we are. So, mm-hmm. so I some think of those for those of us that do know it, we kind of ignore it because we're like, oh yeah, we already know this. I don't need this, which yeah, is not true. It. But we also assume that everybody else knows this. And yeah. there are lots of people, lots of people, because I, I teach this stuff when I travel, and there's a lot of people going, no one has ever told me. I didn't know what those numbers were. I just just didn't use them. I didn't look at them, you know? So So as we think about the what as far as a footnote and a cross-reference. So a footnote is anything that the editors or the people who kind of translated and compiled this particular uh, version of the Bible, it's anything that they want you to know that they couldn't put in the verse. So in fact, I was reading a verse today, and it was talking about temple servants. And it had a footnote on it, and it said, or the footnote, you uh, followed it. So I think it was like footnote A on that page. And then you looked down at the bottom of the page and you saw A and it said, or temple police. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those situations where the translators of that particular version had a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Do we say temple servants or do we say temple police? Well, highly unlikely that the word police would have even been recognizable um, to a, uh, to, to the, to the, the one, the person who wrote that book um, and to its original hearers. And so police probably would have been not the best version to uh, the best word to to translate there but they wanted to tell they wanted us as as readers to know that the word police probably is more similar to what the that servant was doing so we we hear servant and we think of like somebody who ser- like bring like a waiter somebody who brings yeah. you something and the, and they were wanting us to see that the servants who were serving in the in that temple in that particular instance 
were probably more like what we would think of as police. And so the footnote was Public there. Servant. Yeah, the well the footnote was there to show us that um that that there's either an alternate translation of that particular word or that there's some uh maybe even some disagreement among the scholars as to how to best translate that word into English. So that mm-hmm. that would be a footnote would be kind of a note to say here's another way you can translate this word. A cross-reference is different. So a cross-reference is taking a concept that's found in a verse and saying this concept or this idea is also found in other verses. So sometimes you know, those are going to be connecting ideas, so similar themes, like here's another verse on that same theme. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to be like here's another way that this particular word was used by another mm-hmm. author. Uh, and so the difference between a footnote and a cross-reference would be the footnote is – Related to the actual interpretive work, extra information that the that the Bible editors want you to know uh, in the, as to why they came to the translation they did, whereas a cross reference would be uh, similar concepts repeated throughout Scripture. So the the footnotes are the numbers. Typically, they are numbers, and the cross references are letters, and they're itty bitty. Yes, but they and there's I'm sure there's some versions where that's, be. Be, where that's gonna be flipped. It might be, yeah. So that's the other thing that I think that that's a good distinction to draw because a footnote the footnote numbering system and the cross reference numbering system in your Bible are probably not gonna use the same number. So one will be numbers, one will be letters. Mm-hmm. Um we'll probably get to the point in the future where some will be like different sets yeah. of emojis or yeah, <laughs> however, however yeah. they're going to number things. In the, and the, the footnotes picture. are usually at the bottom either way, whereas the cross-references sometimes might be in the margin of your Bible, either in the middle or the outside, or mm-hmm. they might also be on the bottom, but there's usually a, a some sort of line to, to help you see the difference between the two. And so, yeah. yeah. And as I was looking at my at some of my Bibles today uh, to try to prepare for this topic, I noticed that my study Bibles didn't have a lot of cross references, but they did have footnotes. And I was thinking, why would they have? Why would they not have cross references or as many cross references in a study Bible? And it's because that each of those verses is being explained, mm-hmm. or there's commentary contained in the study notes of each of those verses. And so it's not ne- it's not as necessary to have those cross references there. Whereas some of my other Bibles that weren't study Bibles had a lot more cross references. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking at your Bible and you say, I don't even see these, it could be because of the type of Bible that you have. So it's a, if it's a study Bible, it, it may not have these. Or if you're, if you're thinking, I don't, I don't even have a study Bible. Um, those, it probably won't have either. It might have the footnotes and no cross-references. It, it could. Know? But I would say that most, you know, most of your, your modern translations are going to have, uh, if it's not a study Bible, it's going to have the cross-references mm-hmm. and probably more so than than in the study Bibles. Mm-hmm. So. And when we, it was back in season two, episode two, we talked about translations, which translation should I use? And we went through the process of why are there so many different translations? And one of the things we talked about is that every translation is coming from a different either publishing house or sometimes it's individuals, you know, way back when, especially when it first started being translated, it would just be one individual that would translate from Latin, you know, into something or, or the other way around it, you know, not yeah, They would be translating. I'm thinking of the Vulgate, you know, we, but translated yeah, we need to go back into and listen, Latin. listen to our own podcast. Why? No, I just got them, got it mixed up. Anyway, it was Greek and Hebrew originally. And you know, there was, was it, uh, Jerome, Completes the Vulgate, right? Mm-hmm. He 
he took all of those and put it into Latin, which would have made it much more accessible for a lot more people to read. And so there's always a reason why there's a new translation. And they're either because they're trying to make it more readable or more accessible or more accurate. So that's why there's so many different. And it's going to be the same with the cross-references. That when they do all of that, those really, 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 really smart people that know how to take Greek into English, Hebrew into English, they're also going to put those notes in there for our help. So all this to say that they're there for a reason. They're, it's a tool for us to use. And so as we think about why even do a, why even do a podcast episode on this, why are they in our Bible? It's a reason, and it's because they can help us understand the Bible better, mm-hmm. which is why you're here, because you want to study and read and understand the Bible better so that you can glorify God with your life. So if you are familiar with our Focus 15 Bible studies, we actually spend a full day just looking up the cross-references. I like to think of it like chasing down the rabbit trails, you know, that you're reading, the, you know, with the Focus 15 method, we study the same passage over five days. So by the time you get to the U day, the utilization, focus is an acronym, we've written it out, we've observed some things, we've looked up the Greek and Hebrew, and we have lots of tools, and we have an entire podcast episode that helps you understand why you might consider looking at the Greek or Hebrew, the original language, Then, after we've done all that work, then we're going to follow the rabbit trails. We're just going to go look at those little numbers, those hyper, or not hyperlink, the superscript, superscripted A, B, C, whatever it is, and we'll go look at the verses that it tells us to look up. They're saying, hey, there's something important here. Go look it up. There's a connection between this verse and this verse. And the more we make those connections, that's when I feel like I have those most, most of the aha moments in my study mm-hmm. is in those connections. When I go, Oh, I never, I never saw the connect. You know, I knew this th- psalm and I knew this story, but I didn't see the connection. Um, so one great example is when Jesus is on the cross and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I've always thought that was odd growing That's, up. This would be a literal cross reference, by the way. What? What you're about to say. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I've always thought, at first, when I first read that really young believer, I was like, why would he say that? That's horrible. You know, why does he feel forsaken by God? And then once I understood the the the, the significance of the cross and what Christ was doing for us, that he took on my sin, he took on your sin, he's dying on the cross, and there was fellowship broken between God the Father and God the Son, then I was like, oh, he's saying that because he feels the separation from his Father. That's what I thought for a long time until I started studying the Psalms and I read, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That Jesus was was quoting this psalm. And so then it really shaped my interpretation. What's this? 22. Oh, Psalm 22. Yeah. So Psalm 22, that he was trying to, I, I say this, uh, if Jessica Thompson's listening, she's going to, she's going to laugh with this, but I was teaching this in California this spring and I, it, it was, it was, it was like saying a line of a familiar song that like if any one of us started singing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, not even singing it, but just saying it, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, most of us that know that hymn can't help but finish that line. And so it was like God was trying to trigger a truth 
in the audience because the Jewish people that were seeing him hanging on the cross and saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was trying to point them to the song. So for those of you that grew up in the 80s slash 90s, like I did, it'd be like him kind of going, all right, stop collaborate and listen you know we don't have the rights to that song (laughs) and we're not gonna buy them so so. for those of you that know that song i mean it's like you can have that in your head all day long and so i mean i think what he was trying to do was so many things but that's one piece of it that he wasn't trying to make the point that god has forsaken me in this moment he was trying to remind them of the truths in that song that god will be victorious do you agree with all that? No. No? Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> not at all. Um, I do think that that he was feeling uh, the abandonment of God mm-hmm. uh, in that moment because uh, for our, because he, he bore our sorrows, he yeah. bore our shame, um, God did turn his face away. And so I do think that he uh, Well, I think it was both, us. you know? Yeah, but you, you, think? you just said it's it's this, not that. No, I didn't mean I to said, say that. I said yeah, it's both, and then you said, hmm, it's both. So... Uh, anyway, we both say it's both. So yeah, good. Both, both. Say it's both. Um, I, What I was trying to say is that I saw it is so like this is the only way to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the only way that this could have. This is the only way I could reconcile it in my mind. And then once I realized he was quoting a scripture, it was kind of like, oh, maybe there's more to this. Yeah, there's you know? a depth of meaning. But here, yeah. all of that to say, yes, all that to say. So if you're reading in the Gospels where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's probably going to be a cross-reference yes. there to Psalm 22, which is why I said it's a literal cross-reference. It is a literal cross-reference. Because he was on the cross when he referenced Psalm 22. Yeah, he referenced We don't have a drum set here, but if there were, there would have been a rim shot. I guess we could put that in post-production. There we go. We're not going to do that. All right. Um, so any tools we can use to help us in the cross-reference? What do you use? Um, well, I, I think I've given this before, uh, and this is, this is somewhat similar to cross references, but, um, a lot of times if I'm trying, if I'm reading something, especially if I'm, if I'm studying to preach, mm-hmm. um, and I'm saying, how am I going to communicate the truth of this, the way that I can help explain the truth of it? Sometimes it's going to be by using an illustration and saying this illustration helps demonstrate the point. Um, and 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 gives an example as to why the truth of this verse um, is it can be seen in in everyday life. There's other times where I'm thinking, okay, the truth of this verse um, is is also so much more well said than how I'm going to say it in another verse in scripture. And so there's another there's another scripture somewhere that's going to teach this uh, principle with clarity. Or it's going to add add a dimension to that verse, mm-hmm. and so. Not all the time am I going to look for the cross-references for that. Uh, sometimes it's going to, just going to be like, what's the verse that says it like this? In fact, I, I did that this morning, and I was pretty sure I knew the reference, but I thought, you know what? It's so much easier to go to Google and yeah. just say, you know. And so, for instance, it's the verse where uh, Jesus tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. I was pretty sure it was Matthew 16, but I thought rather than looking at Matthew 16 and then reading the whole thing and seeing, you know, is that the one or is it somewhere else? Mm-hmm. I just type "get behind me, Satan" into my search history, um, and uh, interesting results. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But the first one that comes up was I think Matthew sixteen twenty three, mm-hmm. which was the verse. And so, there's no shame in asking the Google machine for help uh, in, in in some of these things, mm-hmm. because often the especially if you know kind of the gist of, gist of the Bible verse, but you want to you want to find where it is so you can go study it, or rather than like searching the pages and and Searching the back of your Bible in the concordance 
to try to find it. Uh, if you have access to, uh, to, to these digital tools, why not use them? Yeah. There's no shame in that. I do it all the time. Like I do too. A shocking amount of time. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I will, I will think of a verse and I'll be like, either I have no idea that? and I've got to yeah. go like, I've, and I've, and I just ask, you know, type it in Google and, and, and I find it. And I say it's, it's rare that I'm thinking of a verse and I can't find mm-hmm. it within second. I mean, yeah. five seconds, 10 seconds worth of searching is uh is usually very uncommon unless I'm just way off and and what I think the gist of the verse is. So don't be ashamed to use uh Google to kind of search. If if you kind of know what the verse says but you're looking for the reference so you can study yourself, Google's a great tool for that. Yeah, and you know, why study the cross references? Why use the cross references again? Because we're trying to make those connections. And the more that we can connect Genesis with Revelation and Hebrews with Leviticus and Romans with Leviticus. I mean, everything. A lot of a lot of stuff actually goes back to Leviticus. In your really analogies does. today, yeah. In my analogies, you've given like three of them so far. I know, um, but all of the Old Testament with the New Testament, the Psalms with. I mean, there's just so many connections and. When we make, we have to remember that the Bible is not a random collection of stories. It's one story with major themes that be can that can be found all throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, when we do that, it's like we're we're seeing a bigger picture of the tapestry that is the Bible, and we're just looking at one thread. So, the more we can get every single thread in there, we are able to better see the true picture of Scripture. So other tools I like to use, again, we like to give things that are time savers because we're no, we know we're busy and, um, you know, who wants to waste a bunch of time trying to flip around to find that? And sometimes, most of the time, you can't even find it, like you're saying. Because most of us don't have a brain like his that's like just this steel trap of a file that's like you can see things a couple times. He just files it away and he can, he can retrieve us. Most of us are like, I don't know, was it Matthew, Mark? Revelation, I don't know. You know, most of us are not able to even choose the book, but if we can remember just a phrase, Google is powerful. I would also, okay, so that's if you something you're studying and you're like, oh, that reminds me of this verse, then yeah, Google it. But um, if you are studying a passage and there are some cross references there and you want to follow them, then what you'll do in your study Bible or in your Bible with it, you'll just go over to the side or go over to the bottom where they are. It'll give you one verse, two verses, three verses. Just go look them up. And then once you look them up, do just a little mini study on those verses. You may just read it and go, okay, that's exactly the same thing. It might be that Jesus fed the 5,000 here in Luke, and then, oh, he fed them again in Matthew. It's the same account. And you may get some new details, or you may not. I have no idea if those accounts were in Matthew and Luke. I just just totally guess, because I don't know. I, I don't think know. they are. All right. Probably in Mark 2, yeah. but go ahead. So you could look those up, and again, sometimes you might get an extra detail that will fill in your study, or sometimes it might be like, I learned nothing. It's not a waste of time. It just helps you know, okay, I'm, I'm heading down the right, the right path. Um, but to make that quicker, instead of using it in your physical Bible, you can use them online with tools or apps. I think the ESV app is super cool, and you can, they're hyperlinked. 
the that's why I called them hyperlinks earlier in this episode is because I'm so used to looking at, for the hyperlink, not the cross-reference, but the cross-reference is hyperlink. So you can tap it on your screen or if you're looking at esv.org, esvbible.org, then it's hyperlinked there and you can click on it and it will open up those verses. So you could just do a quick read of all of them at once. And that's just a really quick time saver. Um, I'm sure there's lots of other apps that do the same, Bible.org, all those Bible study tools, they all have them hyperlinked mm-hmm. as well. Um, I just per- I prefer the ESV app because it's clean and easy to use. And my ESV study Bible that we've talked a lot about, when you buy the ESV study Bible, you get a digital version also on that app. And so I like having all my tools in one place. Um, another thing, I haven't used this much, but a friend of mine sent this to me and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. It's called openbible.com, I think. I'm sure if you just Google open Bible, you'll find it. And I've looked at it a little bit. You you can type in any verse and it'll give you a bunch of different verses to look up. And it's the same thing where visually you can see them all on one page. So it's a it's a it's a time saver and it's just something you can read and go, yep, okay, this is confirming what I've been learning all week. This is confirming what I already knew in this passage or I'm discovering. Or maybe you see some things that just adds more information to the story. So do you add anything else? No. Um, <laughs> I do think it's time to reveal the name of our new studio. Okay. Now. All right. You don't even know it, do you? I don't. He hasn't told me. So yeah. drum roll. Um. I'm going to go with Lizard Branch Studios. What? Lizard Branch. Why Lizard Branch? Because out the window that's <laughs> right okay, right yeah. there, um, any time of the day, uh, you can see lizards on branches. For some reason, uh, I think since we left Florida, the lizards have multiplied and taken – there's like an infestation of lizards going on. That's so just every, every time you look out this window, there's, there's trees and there's like foliage mm-hmm. and stuff, and there's always lizard lizards branch. Everywhere. So I'm going to say Lizard Branch okay. Studios. That's, there you have it. That's funny. Okay. Lizard Branch Studios. Welcome. We are glad you're here. Well, that's the end of this op- epi- That's the end of this episode, or episode of, of the Focus 15 podcast. We will be back next week. Lord willing. No major things happen in our life. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we're super excited. Thank you for listening. If you think about it, leave a review. I was reading the reviews the other day. We got a couple new ones, and I was like, oh, that's so fun. That just blesses us, but it also helps other people find the show. So spread the word. The Focus 15 podcast is back. You guys have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. To learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to Focused15.com. Have a great week.